Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Arca people, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Mann. You can find me on social at Amit underscore man. You can find Yasmin at Carmelo Drama. Why, why Carmelo Drama? I've always wanted to ask you that, actually. I don't know the, the origin story. People ask me, and I wish I had something cool to say about it, but I'm like, no. <laughs> Came to me in a dream. <laughs> is it about Carmelo, though? Carmelo? I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, the pun about it. <laughs> yeah. New York something. Oh, no, it has nothing to do with Carmelo yeah. Anthony. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what I thought. Okay, never mind that. Forget it. Um, so on today's pod with uh, with Yasmin, we're going to focus on the debate between who the Raptors should start a shooting guard, Gary Trent or Goran Dragic. Nick hasn't really tipped his hat, right? He hasn't tipped his Nick Nurse hat yet on which one he's going to go with. And then we're also going to touch a little bit on, um, I guess, some of the size issues that the Raptors may experience. We saw a little bit of it uh, with Joel Embiid. Um, he's a handful. They didn't do too badly, but you know, is this kind of small ish style of playing basketball without a seven footer, is it sustainable and how's it going to go? But let's start with Gary, because there are lots of people who have kind of soured on Gary Trent jr. And you are not one of those people. So why, why do you think people have soured on Gary? You think? Um, I, I understand the basis of it. I think it's like feast or famine with Gary, Gary Trent jr. Um, He's either invisible or he's like breaking records on the Raptors. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that that can be frustrating for people that are expecting consistent production. But I guess for me, I'm not expecting consistent production from him. Um, there are places where he can improve his game. Um, but, you know, I think that was the basis of why people have kind of soured on him because he's not, you know, one day he'll be a superstar. The other day he'll be like a ninth man. 18 million bucks. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that money, <laughs> with great money comes great responsibility. And now <laughs> the expectations are there that he's gonna like there shouldn't be a question on what he's gonna be. And I think with Gary, sometimes we can get into it with some of the, the positive and negatives of him starting versus Goron. But uh yeah, sometimes he, he can become like really invisible on the court if he's not hitting shots. But I want to turn it over to you because I wanna I wanna hear what, what you think on um let's start with gary because we're sort of on the subject anyways what are the pros and cons of starting gary at shooting guard over goran Dragic? let's put on your nick nurse hat your your uh your colorway and whatnot and let's <laughs> um i okay so i think a pro of starting gary would be that it would require because there would be multiple playmakers on the starting lineup already between um pascal and freddie there would be less, you know, work required for him to just um, focus on other things besides creating for himself. So if he's on the court with other playmakers, he can focus on getting those shots up, which I think would be uh, playing to his strengths. Um, whereas if he were to come off of the bench, 
uh, he would be he would be expected to kind of supplement the lack of playmaking coming off of the bench because we're not too sure about how many minutes um, Malachi will receive and you know, um, I think that that bench needs a stabilizing presence like Agora and Dragic. So uh, I think having having uh, Gary present in the starting lineup would present like it would give them um, further spacing on the floor, which is always needed, um, especially if Scotty starts alongside OG and Pascal. Uh, having Gary Trent and Freddie on the wings would be awesome. So um, I think that there that would be the benefit of him um, starting playing to his strengths, basically. Yeah, he's an interesting one because his his offensive game has kind of grown over the past, I guess, you know, the latter part of last season, he, was, he showed up with the Raptors that he has a bit more to it. And I, I find with him that uh, he can be somewhat trigger happy at times. And now he's done a better job, I think, over the course of preseason where, um, especially in that Boston game, where I looked at all the shots that he missed and he did miss quite a bit. I mean, but they're all like shots you want him to take. And yeah. he's only shooting like 30% from three in preseason. That's going to get better. And his usage is around 22% in the final two games. The first one, it was like 28. So he was definitely shooting <laughs> and it was yeah. a little bit too much perhaps, but um, yeah, with him, I think it's just a little bit of, he's got to kind of decide on what his role is going to be. And that's part of what the Raps have to decide too, is what do they want uh, from Gary Trent? What do they want him to be, you know, game by game. And I think that might change a little bit just because of what's going on with their injuries, right? You have no Pascal Siakam, no Chris Boucher. And that's why I think this does muddy it a little bit on what they would need from um, a Goron versus a Gary, like with Goron, you are going to be getting a lot more playmaking. And you could make the argument that although, you know, Gary's going to put the ball in the hoop more, you could say that Goron's going to help the help more buckets happen over the course of a yeah. game with their offense. He's going to make uh, things a little bit easier on a person like Scotty, for instance. Um, so that kind of makes me wonder a little bit if there is something to the idea of having that secondary playmaker, especially because Pascal and Chris Boucher, two guys who are going to be in your top seven, aren't going to be there for the first three, four weeks. Yeah. 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 I think that's the uh, usefulness of a um, Goron off the bench. Do you, uh, are you, what are your feelings on Goron? I guess. Um, I, re- I really like him when I, when I've seen him on the court so far, uh, I believe he's, yeah, he didn't play the other day, but he's going to be playing for the next matchup. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, I think he's already shown his strengths. Um I was impressed by the, um, the, he didn't look as slow on defense as I had expected because, you know, I thought that the age would catch up with him. He's never really yeah. been, you know, the greatest defender, but um, I don't know, maybe it's because he's surrounded by so many versatile um, athletic guys that he, he could just use his brain. He's an incredibly smart player. Mm-hmm. So he just knows where the help is coming from. He knows that if he can't stay in front of someone, he can, um, you know, shade towards the help and stuff. So um, I think that that's been what I've, that, that's been what we've been seeing um, and not seeing him constantly get um, blown by, uh, by at the perimeter, which has been awesome. So um, I think that what Goran provides on this team is kind of indispensable in the sense that, He's um, he has the ability to kind of penetrate straight towards the basket, which is um, yeah. something that the Raptors didn't have much of last season. And they um, uh, between you, you, they have a bunch of guys who can kind of do a little bit of everything. But having someone whose strength is dribbling straight towards the basket and running those pick and rolls and, you know, um, 
using their skills to navigate traffic. Uh, it's so important that I, I can see Goran closing a lot of games just so that it can have um, that the IQ and the ball handling skills through traffic um, during those high strung situations. It's gonna be interesting to, to see what Nick does with those closing lineups. Cause I could, I yeah. could make the case for like five, six, 10 different combinations of players. And I think it's going to change game by game, uh, depending on matchups. He loves tinkering with things, doing his mad scientist thing. And I could see him being very much in his bag, uh, doing stuff like that. You mentioned the defense. And I think that's that's probably one of the biggest cons against starting uh, Goran is that he isn't the best one-on-one defender um, because he is, you know, at that age, you know, 35 years old. And then I think about Fred Van Lee a little bit. And I think I mentioned this on the preview podcast with, um, with Amon is that, uh, I don't want Fred necessarily to be that guy who's running around all the time on defense. Like he can do it. Yeah. And it's a, it's, he's very good at it. He's very good at navigating screens. That's one of the things that he was tasked with doing over his, the early portions of his career. Um, but now like it's time for him to be point guard and he's got to be that stabilizing force. Sometimes he's got to be, you know, thinking a lot more. He's got to be making sure that uh, they're running their offense uh, as fluid as possible. And right. that's where a person like Gary can come in. You know, he's so young and I don't mind him, you know, running around, right. He can be that person who's doing that because his responsibilities on the offensive end aren't the same as Fred's. And so if you have Goron there now, Fred inherently has to take on more of the responsibility. And also with Freddie, he's such a good off ball defender that you want him doing that because that's a rare skill set that not everyone possesses. And if he has that, then I want to see him, you know, develop that and make that more of a factor because it's going to make their defense that much better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and what about let's, let's just on the Goron side of things, because I, I can make a few cases where I feel like you could say that maybe Goron is a better option. And I look at it because of, as I mentioned, with the injuries that the Raptors are, are going through right now that they've lost a lot of offense. And yeah. how do you make up that offense? Because, you know, Pascal, despite what some feel, he is a playmaker, right? He's going to create a lot of attention and his passing made strides last season. It didn't show. I, I anticipate that's going to change this year, that we're actually going to see those numbers um, in the assist category kind of go up a little bit more when he does return. But now that you don't have Chris and you don't have Pascal, do you need more playmaking? in your starting lineup, as opposed to shot making. Gary is that shot maker, right? He can put up, you know, 15 points in a heartbeat. That's cool. That's great. But do you need more of, you know, when the ball is, I can see a lot of isolation happening between Fred and OG and, and maybe that's their style. Maybe that's what they want to do. And that's one way of going about it. But I think Goran, because of the nature of how, like he's such a great cutter and he likes cutting, right? He's so good at it. And when he Mm -hmm. does that, he's, he's all of a sudden he's collapsing the defense and he's going to find the open players. And I, we've talked nonstop about how the half court offense is going to be one of the things that's going to decipher whether the Raptors are going to be a good team or a mediocre team or a team that's not going to make the playoffs. And we don't know which one is going to be. And Goron could really help with that in the early portion of the season. And then at that point, like six, seven weeks in, like, do you really want to make a switch into, you know, bringing Gary on? I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Um, I think that with the absence of Pascal um, for the beginning of the season, there should be an emphasis on playmaking, but it's not something that I'm too worried about because um, I've just been so impressed by Scotty's um, abilities as a playmaker. His um, He doesn't over-rely on the pick and roll. Um, I think it was Will Lou who noted that uh, his ability to just um, 
just find cutters at, at his size and to yeah. find the open shooter um, from the opposite ends of the court without relying on the pick and roll is so impressive. It's very Draymond-esque. Um, mm -hmm. And that just adds to me like another wrinkle to the offense because we know that Pascal thrives in the pick and roll. So having another big on the court um, who doesn't rely on that and can provide another alternative um, uh, method to playmaking is so useful. And also I've been really impressed with Freddie and his playmaking in the beginning of the, so far, like with the preseason, uh, yeah. he's trying out all sorts of passes in the pick and roll, which <laughs> has always been like a critique from Raptors fans that he just, sometimes he'll get the screen and he doesn't know what to do, or he'll just try and do everything himself when he has a perfectly capable big rolling to the basket. And that's something that we, I've always adored about Kyle is that um, he kind of uses the big men um, as an extension of himself as an undersized mm. point guard. So as Freddie develops that ability and now he's surrounded by all of these athletic wings who can do anything. Um, it, I actually think that the Raptors uh, um, offense has the potential to get better um, this season. Like they have the tools in order to improve. So uh, it's just a matter of whether, um, the chemistry works if there's if uh pascal's absence and then his reintegration into the offense causes um a bit of um uh, a shakeup in the um the hierarchy and the chemistry i wouldn't be surprised but uh we'll see the, the vibes seem great <laughs> that they do <laughs> that they do uh yeah fred is kind of the million dollar answer to all this is that we can talk about you know shot making and playmaking and who's it gonna do and you know uh, og has been a standout and like he's clearly made strides in his offensive game and I'm excited to see what he does this season, but Freddie, he could answer a lot of these questions. And then, I mean, obviously if you're just looking at player to player, 35 year old, six, three player, and then six, five, 22 year old Gary Trent, like Gary should be the answer, but yeah. it's just, is Freddie going to be the answer on the point guard side of things? That's what we're, we're, we're waiting to see if he can be that guy. And I'm, I'm curious too, because um, I think, for Goron, um, he would be better suited, like you said, coming off the bench. I think he actually said it on media day. That yeah, he, he mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, Nick may be like, eh, it's cool that you want that, but I need you here. And then you can get kind of creative with staggering the minutes because you don't want Malachi to be out there um, kind of chilling, making a lot of decisions. And then if you just like make it really simple, do you prefer Goron and Malachi or do you prefer Gore or uh, Malachi and Gary Trent? They're just like, ah. Eh. That's an interesting backcourt with yeah. Gary and Malachi that could, it could be a I little bit chaotic. I think I prefer Goron and Milano. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, that's I think that is an interesting. That's a different question. <laughs> is that, that where you're it. at? Is that where you're at? Yeah. Like I, I, Delano's been great. And also um, just um, having, like, he's not much of a shooter, but his, at six nine have, and like, he's a true point guard. He's passing up all, all of his shots mm. and, um, uh, his handle at his size is really, really impressive. So uh, if if Goron and Delano can create chemistry as like a double point guard backcourt uh, for the bench, like that, I wouldn't be surprised. I would, I would not be surprised. I was on the the hill of we got to give Malachi a shot, but then uh, you just watched Delano. That too, I feel I'm torn. <laughs> no, but but you're right though because then I, you know I see him, I see Delano play, and like he's 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 not NBA right necessarily. And like a, a season in the G league could probably do him good, but oh, yeah. I don't think he's going to hurt you that much. 
you know, like he's, cause he's so good already defensively and he's really taken pride in it. And that's a unique skill set in itself. Like his, those long ass arms he has is a problem for point guards, right? You know, go figure. You'll and see so, him switch one through five. Like it's insane. Yeah. And that's exactly what they want to do. So that's why, you know, I think on media day, it, Freddie was uh, asked about, you know, playing with all these big guys. He's like, I'm just worried about my playing time because I feel like it's going to go down. And I think that's kind of the case for Malachi oh. too, right? It's like, how is this going to, <laughs> how is this going to impact my, his, his playing time? You know, you have Delano there and they're grooming Scotty to be a, a point guard, even though I'm not sure if he's really ready to do that yet because his handle is not great. But, you know, once you get across half court, it doesn't matter who necessarily the point guard is. You're just running your offense. And probably what Nick is getting at is that everyone just has to know where you're supposed to be on the court. It's not about, well, I'm the shooting guard. This is where I'm supposed to be. No, it's just yeah. let's find spacing. Let's let's uh, spread out. Let's run our pick and rolls. And it doesn't matter who's a screener, or who's a roller, because um, or who's uh, who's uh, receiving the screen, because everyone has that skill set where they're going to be able to execute. So it's an interesting question. Um, I, I thought I was very much on. Let's give Malachi a shot. He had a tumultuous year last year. Things are really hard on him, and they didn't have to be. It was a lot of it was uh, due to, to COVID and not getting a, a season in the G League. Um, but now yeah. with the emergence of Delano, you start thinking like, I can kind of see the vision of if you just want to give Delano a shot, and his contract's guaranteed anyways. He's going to be in the NBA if they want him there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, you must be this tall to play Raptors. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the future of the team. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a tough thing, but th- that's like healthy competition. So, um, if anything, it'll just lead to better play, which ultimately is ultimately is better for the team. So that's true. You mentioned, uh, Scotty and I, I thought if there were, there was maybe some benefits to, uh, Goron starting versus Gary, just because again, of the cutting, that Goron, Goron can do, you know, Gary's had some success with Scotty specifically in preseason, but I think Goron's like a different level, you know, and uh, I think he would help make things a little bit easier on Scotty. He has done a great job, um, as you had mentioned earlier, with just um, his uh, posting up and finding and finding those alleyways. And when in the high post, he's again, he's finding those cutters. And it's been one of the standout things that I've seen from him is like, we knew he was a good passer and he had this like multi-dimensional uh, skill set, but it's so yeah. NBA ready already. And that's an interesting thing to see. It'd be great to see him get some more offense out of it. Um, I'm sure that's probably in the works. He has a bit more of a, an offensive game in the paint than I kind of anticipated. And that's another area where potentially Goran could help help him get some easier buckets. But I mean, Scotty's getting out there in transition, getting like easy six points, just like that. And then yeah. add an offensive rebound, one bucket, all of a sudden he's at 10 points. It's happening like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, it's such a contrast to his personality because he just seems like this kind of carefree, happy-go-lucky guy. But then on the court, he has like lasers for eyes. Like, it's, yeah. it, <laughs> like he just, so he's, yeah, he's very in tune with what's happening on the court. Um, like I, I said that his, um, his um, like playing IQ kind of reminds me of like a, a third year player. Like his skills haven't gone there yet, but his mm. uh, awareness on the court, his on-court awareness is, uh, very advanced so I'd love to see how that develops throughout the season as he gets to know these players more because they haven't played together much yet already so um, <laughs> once he starts to know everyone's tendencies habits and like preferences yeah. on the court um, it only can become more fun as chemistry increases 
kind of tweeted the same thing a little while ago is that once his skills get up to the rest of his NBA game, because everything else is like three years ahead, he's going to be scary. So great yeah. minds, great minds. <laughs> um, is there anything else, like, any other thoughts on Gary or, or Goron um, or are you good? Uh, let me think. Um, hmm. I'm excited to see, um, them use Goron more often as a shooter because he is, mm. you know, one of the best uh, catch and shooters in the Eastern Conference. So uh, I'd, I'd love to see them use him more as a just a sniper from the perimeter and really look to get Goron open and, um, you know, trust him as a shooter because you're losing that from Kyle and his high volume yeah. shooting. So uh, you want to try and supplement it wherever you can, um, especially on a team with like a bunch of, you know, so-so shooters who can be hot one night and cold other nights you want to get there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Guy who's um, a proven shooter to um, produce a night after night and get him open uh, with opportunities night after night. So that's something I'm looking forward to seeing um, more often, just seeing um, Goran's uh, usage go up a bit. That's interesting. And that's great for his uh, trade value because yeah, we kind of yeah. know what the dealio is here, right? <laughs> we can't really hide from it. Not playing. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, geez, like, it seems like every other day, there's another team that the, the Bulls I saw were another team interested in potentially using him. The Clippers, like, it, I don't know. The Goron does have value and it'd be great for him to, for his career, right? To just show that he still got some game because as he said, he has higher ambitions than the Toronto Raptors because <laughs> <laughs> he wants to win a championship. I can't blame the guy for that. I mean, come on. He's 35 years old. He wants to win a, wants to win a chip. He had a shot in 2020. Things didn't go well. Uh, he had a, a foot injury. And my gosh, if he was playing in that in that uh, series, I mean, I think things could have been very, very different for him. So um, on Gary, I guess I just want to see him continue to to strive to get downhill a little bit. Um, we know that he can hit that those fadeaway jumpers and uh, he can kind of get them off against anyone, but they're not always the best shots. He can make them, um, not necessarily uh, as consistently as we probably like to see, but you know him developing that part, like that's going to be the reason why he's 22 and you think you give him 18 million because you think he's going to get to that stage where he's going to be able yeah. to get downhill. You don't what he is right now. I don't think that is an $18 million player. He's only, I mean, he's got two years with the Raptors and then the third years, uh, is a player option. So it could be three potentially, but the money he's being given, and I hate getting into the whole money thing, but you can't really forget it, you know, because yeah. like that is like, it, this is a dollars and cents. That's what sports are right. In the grand scheme, it's a business side of it. And so he's got to, you know, show that he's worth every single penny. 
And to do that, he can't just be a catch and shoot three point shooter. Um, who's good, not great on defense. Like he's got to have more uh, weapons to his, to his arsenal on the offensive end. And uh, I want to see him continue to do that. I think the Raptors want to see that too. That's why to some degree, I think he was told that you can, you know, let him, let him fly. Cause we want to see you do that. We want to see you get comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. That actually makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's got to just make smart shots or good shots are still the the priority with them. Right. Not just like yeah. firing them up because we know you can do that at six, five, probably a lot of cases you're, you're being guarded by players that are smaller than you or not as fast as you. So let's mm. see you get downhill. Let's get, get to the rim and uh, continue to, to strive to be um, a great off ball cutter a relocator because that's going to get open shots for him. It's going to make life easier for like a Scotty Pascal, Mm -hmm. all these guys, if he's able to move off the ball and just become that threat, become lethal when you're not even having the ball, that'd be great to see. Raptors size. So yeah, they got uh, six, seven to six, nine. Like you mentioned, a lot of guys in that range of size, a lot, pretty much almost all of them actually outside of a few. And I'm curious what you think, if this is going to be sustainable, if this is going to work for them, if this is going to be something that uh, other teams in the NBA try and emulate, it's been kind of there already, but I don't think there have been too many teams that have kind of invested to this degree in this model. So do you think that this is going to bite them in the ass trying this this year? Um, I was actually writing about this. I was going to submit it to Mac later, but, um, um, basically, um, I, I think that it either can become a resounding success or, um, it just isn't as effective as you would have hoped and you just move on. So, uh, I, I don't see a scenario where this turns out to be disastrous. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. that risky because it's already, you're already um, utilizing the most u- useful, like kind of player archetypes out there, the six, nine to six, seven versatile wing. So uh, either it's not as effective or it's going to be, um, you know, the next trend that we see teams adopt. Cause it was already, already kind of a di- the direction teams have been moving in. Yeah. And, uh, we saw the Celtics have tried over the last few years to create that reality. They kind of have with, um, uh, Jalen and Jason and um, Marcus Smart and even mm-hmm. Josh Richardson. You have these guys who are a little larger for their positions, uh, very versatile, who can def- defend multiple positions. So I think that's this is kind of like a future that a lot of teams want. Uh, and the Raptors have just kind of fast tracked um, their path towards that, you know, that system. So um, I don't know how far they're going to go. Like, I'm not sure how comical this is going to become. If we're going to yeah. see them get rid of Fred and Gary and clean house, just like a, an exodus of people under six, seven. So I don't know how dramatic it's going to be. Um, yeah. I hope it's dramatic for the content, but um, you know, as is, I, as is personally, I think that this has the potential to be like uh, the next, like trend that we see teams start to emulate for the next like half decade or something. So uh, I know there's always an NBA trend that comes around um, every five years or so, but I feel like um, the small ball method has not been executed properly by a lot of teams. And then because it hasn't been executed, ideally people say, Oh, it's not sustainable. You know, you need big men, blah, blah, blah. But I'd love to see the Raptors do it in like an effective way where you have truly versatile players in those uh, in that height range, 
who, you know, have the quick feet, have the size to defend yeah. one through four, one through five. And I just want to see them executed properly. So we just know once and for all and move on from the, um, this uh, theory. So, um, you know, that that's what's uh, excited about this se- exciting about the season is that, um, you know, I don't think they're, I don't think the Raptors are going to be, um, you know, uh, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't know how far they're going to go after that. But um, I do think that this is, the kind of information that's um, useful that you can pull from the season and that's going to affect the NBA as, as, a, as a whole um, moving forward. So, you know, uh, I, I don't see why it, it could fail. I think that it's um, uh, like theoretically on paper, it looks great. It looks great to me. So um, <laughs> I don't see why it would fail because you, you when you, when people talk about the uh, fact that you need a center, um, on the court at all times they're talking about like two centers or three centers they're not talking about Joel Embiid AD and Jokic maybe Giannis um they're not really talking about anyone else and if yeah, you can true. um and if you have a, a coach like uh Nick Nurse who understands how to guard those players understands how to use doubles and who to pull the double from and everything like that you just have um the uh creative license to kind of um uh where, where Masai Jury feels comfortable um, using uh, or um, experimenting with a theory like this on the court. So uh, I think I don't I, I think that if he didn't have Nick Nurse, he wouldn't do something so risque. <laughs> but yeah. I think Nick Nurse gives you a little bit of creative license to uh, attempt something. So, yeah, that's a that's I yeah, that's one of the most ex- exciting storylines of the upcoming season for the Raptors. Just seeing how this thing that people have been talking about that we've been seeing for glimpses from, you know, the Golden State Warriors, you know, um, seeing it for a prolonged season for an, the entirety of the team rather than just, um, you know, a single lineup. The Raptors have multiple six, seven, six, nine lineups that they'll be able to field out there. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's, you know, that's what I have to say about that. People kept on saying that uh, that 76ers series with the Raptors, that's when the Raptors got the idea to start doing this. I'm like, have we forgotten about the last time LeBron swept the Raptors? Remember that year where it was like you had Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka on the court and they were guarding like Richard Jefferson. And uh, I mean, go down the list of like other guys who are probably more in this archetype of like six, seven, six, eight. So this has happened like many years before that 76 series for those people who are thinking that was it. No, that's what prompted the change in the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. That's where they made them tra- Prioritizing. Tra- yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I I'm kind of with you. Like I think of the areas where you're going to be in trouble. It could be like offensive rebound, offensive rebounding, I suppose. And also like the Joel and beads of the world. And they did it with Aaron Baines last year and people have their opinions about Aaron, but Aaron kind of, you know, after his first go at Joel and B, he kind of got the, got this concept. All you got to do is just push them out. Once they catch the ball, you know, outside of the paint, now you're in a good position to, you know, make those doubles and then you can scramble your defense. And with Mm -hmm. more guys who are just like simply taller, it's going to be easier to scramble, you know, and then you're going to get a matchup that kind of fits better because you won't have like, you know, Fred Van Bleet, you know, taking on a Tobias Harris or something like that. No, it's going to be, it's going to be Scotty. It's going to be OG. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Pascal. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're back into your sets and you're going to be just fine. So I think, I think you're probably right that I don't think this is going to be as big of a deal as 
people may be thinking that it could be. Uh, the rebounding has always been an issue for the Raptors, but they got more athleticism, and I think that should help in to some degree. And uh, the Joel and Beads and like those guys, I mean, they got Kem, and this is a huge year for for Kem. I want to ask you about um, him too. He he did say yesterday, I believe, that um, his whole family got COVID, and that they're still kind of uh, recovering. And, and I mean, all the best to to all of them. The idea of his whole family getting it. He's got kids. That's not. It's not great. So I hope um, all of them recover well, but this is a, a big year for Kemp because they're going to need him to be one of those guys. He's it's not Aaron Baines anymore. It's going to be Cam and Precious. And I think there were some yeah. who felt like maybe Precious could, could get the start, but I think we just, it's been so long since we've seen Cam that they're kind of forgetting that what he offers on the, on the court. So I guess your, your thoughts on, on Kemp, uh, what he's going to be able to do this year as a full time Raptor for the full season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I mentioned it last time that um, Ken has just been so steady on the court. And I think that he just needs to continue that anchor quality that he brings where he's going to complete his, you know, role on the court. Um, and, you know, hopefully he develops a bit of that corner three that we saw flashes of, um, because I think it would just add a, to his usefulness at any given moment and um, integrate them into more lineups as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see that dynamic between how um, Precious and Kem are utilized um, mm -hmm. and what scenarios we see each one being pulled out for. Um, I can see where, um, well, I can't say anything now because Precious is suddenly like LeBron James or something. I like, know, I don't right? know what's going on. Another steal uh, by Messiah. Look I was about that. to say that no, their 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 starting spots are not guaranteed. Then I'm like, wait, Precious is suddenly like playing yeah. like this. I don't, I can't say anything for sure. Um, he could very well be a staple starter <laughs> before we know it. So, uh, which would bring us the hilarious possibility of a Freddie Pascal OG Scotty Precious lineup. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I don't know why, but that that just sounds like it would be hilarious. Um, and yeah, I um. I think Kem uh, is going to, um, I, I think Kem's uh, positioning as our traditional big man makes a lot of, uh, leaves a lot of question marks as to how Boucher is going to be used as well. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if we're going to see more Boucher at the four, if they're just going to go on and use him as a forward instead of a big man, or um, if they're going to um, start Kem and have Boucher off the bench and um, continue using uh, big men in their lineups. Like, I, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, we don't know anything about the Toronto Raptors right now because nope. there's so many, so many guys who are uh, looking to emerge and uh, take on new roles this season. And uh, Chris Boucher is one of them. Is he a four? Is he a five? Is he just a random guy on the court or one of five guys on the court? It could be just that. It does, there's no positions. Nick said it so many times. It was funny. Precious said that one of the first things Nick said to him, he's like, so we don't have any positions anymore. Go. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Just roll. <laughs> so, just tasks. Yeah, it, exactly. That's kind of what it is. And I think, you know, Kem, he might make the most sense as a starter just because he's a bit more of a stay at home. He's a bit more disciplined, a bit more of a veteran presence. Uh, I, I just trust him a little bit more and um, to do his to do his job and precious is still kind of growing. And I think if anything, you know, being in that second unit is going to allow him to uh, expand, you know, his, his game a little bit more. Um, yeah. It's just going to be about, you know, energy and uh, rebounding and, you know, offense. offense yeah, exactly. And you don't uh, want him taking shots from OG and Pascal and stuff. You want him to no, no, no. use up 
you know, yeah, <laughs> I think that'll cause people to turn on him real quick. So. Not like Gary, but yeah, yeah. similar. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, uh, I think between everything, you know, with what the Raptors are doing, I think their position, I think it's going to be interesting. And I think I'm happy that they did this year, this year, because if they didn't, I think that would have affected what they were going to be this year. And I'm talking like, I don't think they would have been as good if they weren't going to be going all in on this. I mean, it started with the Scotty, uh, the yeah. Scotty draft. And I think he, again, if we're talking about, you know, this positionless style of basketball, I think this does play to his strengths. How many times have we already seen preseason? He's beating uh, his check down the court, right? And he's getting those outlet passes. And it's just so much easier for Scotty to, to thrive in this. And um, we want him to, to expand his game and to get to that next tier as quickly as possible. And mm-hmm. he's going to be able to do that in this positionless style of basketball the paint is wide open who wants to come in and get it right yeah. <laughs> it's true it's true um, um and it, yeah to to what you said like you can't you can't half-ass like going all in for the six seven to six nine range of small ball yeah. like you have to if you a lot of teams have like said they're gonna do it and they get a couple pieces and then it's kind of an unfinished product and they're like oh well this failed no you gotta go a hundred percent in so that we know once and for all, just for the sake of our own curiosities. <laughs> exactly. Besides doing uh, NBA fans, the work that we've all wanted, let us know if this is actually a viable solution. Some teams have put their foot in it a little bit tickled and they've seen if it's warm or cold or whatever, but yeah. you know, Masai, Bobby, Nick, they're diving head first. And they're going to see what, what comes of it. Um, any other thoughts, Yasmin, or no, I, I guess uh, there I think we that's every thought in my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you got to pitch that story to Max. So go ahead and do that. I guess we covered a little bit of it today just now. But um, oh, you helped me flesh it out. Story. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, uh, read that story uh, later on on Yahoo Sports Canada. Uh, Yasmin, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Um, please do rate, review, subscribe. And on YouTube, like, thumbs up, all that fun stuff. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. 